Welcome to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. And I am looking forward to sharing today's guest. Founded by a mom and CEO, Lydia Simmons, following her personal postnatal experience, created Moo, an Austin-based health technology firm that supports women on their wellness journeys. Moo's diverse line of products is available in liquid drops, powders, and capsule form, offering a supplemental nutrition for pre- and postnatal women. Women. Moo is available for purchase at everymoo.com. And I just think this is so fascinating to create a product line like this. So, Lydia, welcome to Word of Mom Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks. My pleasure. So, I would love for you to take us on your journey as to why you created Moo. Well, I will tell you that Moo is definitely my story. You know, I'm one of those people where the brand is my story or my story is the brand, rather. Um, I had two children and I have two children, but I had my first baby at 33. And according to our current healthcare. Um, industry. I was considered borderline geriatric. There are all these provisions that needed to be put in place, yet I had no um, comorbidities, and I didn't enter into pregnancy having any health concerns. I went on to have a beautiful pregnancy. I didn't have any issue. I was able to avoid some of the precautions that doctors are automatically prompted to put into place with age of an expected mother. But I hit postpartum and things were not so great for me. I did not have a strong foundation of understanding of what it was to expect in postpartum. I didn't understand the values of nutrition, hormonal balance, um, sort of sleep, and other external factors that all contributed to this healthy postpartum and healthy for not only baby, but healthy for mom, you know, Um, I started experiencing some really major declines. First, there was darkened and sunken eyes, very darkened lips. Um, If you've seen the the Target store mascot, the bulldog with the the bullseye on his eye, I look like that. I look like that, except for both of my eyes have bullseyes on them. And I did not know why that was, I was not able to really 
touch what the issue was. What I did know was that I did not look like myself. I did not feel like myself, and I was unable to produce breast milk as I should be able to uh, produce. And so this led me into my physician's office to inquire as to what's happening with me and why am I not having this celebrity level postpartum that I see all across the internet and why is my body not snapping back? Why can't I breastfeed? Why do I look like this? Why am I losing my hair? And my doctor said to me that it was normal that I was experiencing this and that I should be happy that it wasn't worse because some women have it worse. And all but this is a rite of passage. This is something that has to happen in postpartum and you're right on target. You know, I wouldn't expect anything better. And so I just grappled with the idea of it being normal because in no way had I been predisposed for any issues on the level that I was having them on. And I realized really quickly that though it may be common for me, it was all but normal. And so what I had to do was figure it out for myself. I went to the internet. I, I read what postpartum was in a blanket statement. I searched for things high and low to increase breast milk. I even purchased some of those things. And as I delved deeper and deeper into this experiment, if you will, of how to kind of get back to me, I found myself having less and less and less breast milk supply, but feeling worse and worse, gaining more and more weight and losing more and more hair. And so I figured it out. I figured out that my issues were nutritional. I first set out to um, strengthen my diet. And so I, I started making sure that I was very knowledgeable about what I was eating, what time and sticking to a schedule. Um, and that started to turn things around, but I wasn't out of the woods yet. When food didn't absolutely help resolve my issues, I knew that I was missing some very um, potent micronutrients. And I had to figure out what those things were. So I was all but a mad scientist in my kitchen, mixing and taking away and adding to. And essentially what I was doing was formulating. Now, I didn't know that at the time that I was formulating. I was just trying to figure something out for me. But I have to tell you that I did. I figured it out for me. I got better. Things completely turned around. And what I realized is I was no anomaly. This happens across the board to women that are just like me. I had no demographic issues that would lead to me not having access to information. There wasn't a book that I couldn't afford to buy. There wasn't, you know, any um, deficits on learning or um, being under the right care of medical professionals. I had some of the best doctors in the country. So the only thing that there was remaining was access to things to help promote a better postpartum. And I realized that I had resolved it for myself and I needed to resolve it for the lives of many other women that would come behind me and some that were right in the same place that I was presently. And Moo was born from just a simple, let's fix this for you, Lydia. Um, we went and took the ideas right to chemists 
and we sat down with a board of scientists to understand exactly what this would need to look like in order to bring it to market for um, women globally. And we worked towards that for a few years and we were able to start the company with our first product, which is our postnatal, milk postnatal. That is the story of Moo. What an amazing story. And I have to tell you how offended I am that a doctor would say to you that this is just the norm. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I would, what are your thoughts about healthcare here in the United States? I would love to know your thoughts on that. Well, you know, I think that there's a mythical um, desire for healthcare here because we've heard stories of healthcare elsewhere, right? And so we, we want this, this magical healthcare that really cares about its patients and really does this amazing thing for us, um, no matter where we are in motherhood or just in life in totality. And that is the only comparison that we, we truly have, because for many of us, we've only been here in this country, the United States, for those listeners who may be abroad, and we've only received this healthcare. I think that for a certain amount of time of life, when you just are not aware, then everything's fine. But there comes a point in life, such as with my own experience in postpartum, where you're seeking things that you realize that this very expensive um, healthcare cannot provide. And then the question becomes, well, why not? Mm -hmm. Aren't I paying enough? <laughs> Aren't there enough years added to the medical syllabus for doctors? Like, why don't you know this? Why aren't you talking about it? Why are you prescribing me this? Because this is going to now make me have that. And I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know? And so I, I think that my desire for better health care is very synonymous with everyone. But I think it happens for us at different periods and different stages of life where we start to question the healthcare. And usually, and most unfortunately, it, it surrounds there being a problem with us, within our bodies, where we, we need more. We need more answers. We have more questions. And now we're starting to pick apart what is missing in the healthcare. And such is my story. And, and I think the story of a lot of postpartum moms, we're starting to wake up. We're starting to realize that there are alternatives to um, reduce the effects, the negative effects of postpartum. Um, but I don't think that we're any different from your heart patient, from your cancer patient, from your, you know, degenerative disease patient, or even something as simple as a broken um, extremity. You know, I think we're starting to question not only diagnoses, but prognoses and the treatment for such things that we may be experiencing. And I don't think I'm along, alone on that. I would agree with you. You know, it's funny. It, it, conversations made me think back. You know, when I had my sons, I was just with a regular, you know, OBGYN with my daughter, who was my last pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I was with midwives. Boy, when I tell you, I wish I had been with midwives with my sons. Not that I didn't get good care. My doctors were very good doctors. 
but the difference in care when you are working with midwives, you know, you're in the delivery room. The doctor comes in in time to catch the baby. Yeah. You know, they pop their head in. Your midwife never leaves you. Yeah. They are there the entire time. They are, you know, they are immersed in your experience and incredibly supportive. And they're not, you know, I find very often, and I don't know, maybe it's because men can experience childbirth, that they just kind of pat women on the head like, oh, yes, 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 honey. It's okay. (laughs) Everybody feels like that. No, everybody doesn't. No. You know, I personally feel this way, and you should be dealing with me. So I applaud you. I applaud the fact that you are so transparent with your goods, with your product, than you find with a lot of other maternal healthcare brands. So why, what made you decide to be so transparent, Lydia? I think that... One, I think that that it's synonymous with my desire to seek the truth. You know, I think that for me, it's imperative that in my seeking of the truth, I also am giving what it is I am looking for. I don't think that there's another way. Um, On the level of having a consumer-based audience, I've been the consumer And I've had questions and I've had to simply jump from one page over to Google to find more information about it. Um, And and we all know that that's a high resource for us. And it's one that we utilize daily all day for some people. But I wanted to provide a level of transparency, traceability, not only in my story, but in the products that we use, because I know that in our society today, We are dealing with more diseased people than the days of our grandparents, you know, Um, if in fact our grandparents even knew they were dealing with certain things until it was a little bit too far gone, you know, we're just a little bit more advanced. And I think that it's a disservice for me, not only as a person, but also as a business to offer a solution or to a claim that I've offered a solution for something and not be transparent about how we got to the point where we can call it a solution, you know? For me, that's highly important. And I think that even when the news is bad news, it should still be given. I'm of the proponent of a saying that I grew up hearing people say, which is don't take my choices away. You know, give me all of the information and let me decide. I'm a big girl. Let me decide. Let me decide what's best for me. If, it, if you think it's bad, let me decide if it's bad. If you think there may be some cautions or warnings or precautions or, you know, contraindications of an ingredient, tell me about them. Let me decide. And so that's where we are as a company um, because that's where I am as a person. I'm also a two-time breastfeeding mom. We're all warned of things that we can't have during breastfeeding. One of my goals is to make our ingredients breastfeeding safe, thus making our products breastfeeding safe. There is an ease of, of, of use when you allow people to understand 
that the label that says breastfeeding safe is also supported by as much information as we can give you about the ingredient. There's an ease of use there. Hey, I didn't just say it's breastfeeding safe. Let me show you how it's breastfeeding safe. Let me support that with written guides, journals, medical journals, um, testing, research that also supports exactly what we're saying. And now that you have all the information, now you go forth and make a decision, but not just any decision, an educated decision. And so that's where we lie. That's where we will always stand um, as a company because that's where I first stand as a person. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. Please think about what Lydia just said. We're going to say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be back in just a moment here on Word of Mom Radio. Hi, this is Charlotte Felcher, and welcome to Kid Fun. I'm going to offer a very easy tip for having fun with the kids that comes from my book, Kid Fun, 401 Easy Ideas for Play. Kids love forts. It's very easy to make a fort. Actually, if you have a carton in the house, that's a great fort. They can play in it. They can have a sandwich in it. They can read a book in it. They can bring their stuffed animals in it. But another great way to have a fort is to take a sheet and place it over the kitchen table or the dining room table and then crawl under it. You and the kids and you can make it a library, have story time, or a cafe, and have a sandwich. That's my Kid Fun tip for today. You can get more information like this in my book, which is available at kidfunandmore.com. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice because safety it's in the bag. And we are back here on Word of Mom Radio. We are talking with Lydia Simmons about everymoo.com. Why is nutritional and supplemental health essential for new moms and babies, Lydia? What have you really found out here? 
I found out that everything starts in the gut. <laughs> the world hasn't subscribed to that yet, but let me tell you, when you get there, there's a saying in, in, in pop culture today, and the saying is, if you know, you know. And so I'll tell you that even if you haven't reached that point of believing that, if you know, you know, everything starts with the gut. If you are having a skin issue, it's the gut. If you're having a breastfeeding issue, the gut. You know, if you're having some aches and pain, let's look at the gut, you know. Once we get our guts in order and they're healthy, that gut then communicates to different parts of your systems. As far as personal health, you know, especially when you are um, providing for a breastfeeding child, one of the things that you have to know is when it comes to breastfeeding, breastfeeding is much like working a nine-to-five. When you receive the check at the end of the week, the taxes have already been taken off of the top. You know, what you walk home with is, you know, a, a, a subtraction, you know, a, divisor, a division of what you've actually done for the day. And, and such is the same with, um, with breastfeeding. Everything that your baby needs in that milk, it comes off the top. That's the taxes. And what you're left with, that is what you walk home with. That's your net pay. You know, that's what you actually get to cash and what your body needs to thrive off of. Well, in a situation with a breastfeeding mom, it's important that all of those nutrition, nutritional storages are filled, that there are no voids in the diet because you are going to enter into uh, an area of nutritional deficiency. And let me tell you, you may still be producing breast milk within a nutritional deficiency, but your baby is not experiencing that nutritional deficiency. Why? Because your baby's receiving the taxes. Your baby is the IRS. Your yeah. baby is getting its, its money off of the top. And your baby and your breast milk cares nothing about what's left in your savings for you to use for yourself. So such as nutrition, you know, if you think about it in that sense, you'll always make sure that your account is sufficient because there's only so many times that you can withdraw from an account before it becomes insufficient if you aren't depositing. The deposits are your nutrition. It's not just food. It is your supplement routine. It is your micronutrients. It is your minerals, your vitamins your hydration and electrolytes, all of these things work together to create a well-balanced body that's going to produce and perform the best for you, no matter if you're breastfeeding or not. That was really well said. You know, I think back to when I was nursing and we used to joke because salads were just critical in my life all the time. And I was like, cows eat grass. Nursing mothers eat salad, you know, because I would have my glass of water. I, my middle son, when he was born, his bilirubin was high. Mm -hmm. We lived in Ohio, so it's very different. They send you home. They send a nurse to you. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to put him back in the hospital. I said, give me a day. I'll yeah. bring him in tomorrow. Just give me a day. And I had 16-foot windows. I had him just in his diaper 
at the window to get the UV lights coming in, which is what they're going to be hitting him with. Yeah. You know, the Billy Rubin lights. Yeah. I nursed him every two hours for 24 hours. I go out in the next day. Not only did his Billy Rubin, and it was the third day, so that's usually the highest day. That's right. Not only did his Billy Rubin come down, he gained seven ounces. Yeah. The doctors were like, Whatever you're making, you should bottle for third world <laughs> countries. They called in two other doctors from the practice because they had never seen it happen. And I said, hey, I would much rather I just, every two hours, I woke that baby up and I made him eat. Yeah. And then I would give him some water in between and things just to flush out his liver. Yeah. I was not letting them take my baby and putting him in the hospital, not unless they're putting me in there with him. Yeah. You know? And, but again, they don't tell you these things. They don't say to you, oh, you know, well, if you try this, no, you know, tomorrow it's going to be even worse. He's going to get very sick. And they put the fear into you Mm -hmm. as opposed to empowering you to say, hey, okay, you know what, here's, here's how to do this. But as we talked about before we started, I coached in the delivery room four times before I had my first baby. As a matter of fact, my midwives wanted me to join their practice. Wow. They to put me out. When I had the baby, they were like, we should be filming you for Lamas class. You know, it was just, and to this day, I still Lamas breathe, breathe when I get hurt. Oh, wow. It, well, think about it. It yeah. is as soon as you get a handle on the pain, yeah. the idea of the breath is to calm your heart, to keep the anxiety down, and all of that. So it's, but again, not something that they tell you, hey, after pregnancy, you can use this to, when you find yourself in a stressful situation and things, breath work works. So what should moms and communities that assist moms, be made aware of during during these postnatal experiences because we're not prepared, especially as a first time mom. They just throw you out there. Good luck. Yeah, you know, there's so much to say. So I'm going to start with the delivery room because I want to piggyback on your experience. You know, helping to deliver multiple times before you had your first baby. We've entered into a culture of childbirth being so exciting that rather taking support persons to the hospital during delivery, we're taking a cheering squad. And that's great. You want people there to be high energy and to, you know, really support what's happening and and be just as in love as you are. But because of morbidity rates on the rise here in the country, what is really needed are support persons, you know? Everyone's not going to be able to afford a doula or a midwife in the delivery room. And a lot of us are entering into spontaneous labor where we're showing up at the hospital that's closest to be serviced. And it may not be under the provisions of the OBGYN clinic that you've been in prenatal care with. Because of this, In that delivery phase, it's highly important to have people that can speak on your behalf and that also know what you know and even more, because there will be times where you will be indisposed to the point of not being able to advocate for yourself. 
And you need to make it very apparent to your medical staff that in my absence of being able to communicate with you, I've given these people proxy because they know exactly what it is that I want the outcome to be here. Ultimately, life is going to be utmost important, but they know exactly what I don't want and I do want. And they can speak on my behalf when I can't. And this is important. Yes, we love moms in the delivery room, but can mom communicate to the doctor that you need X, Y, or Z because you're in a certain stage of your, of your delivery? If mom cannot communicate that, then you need someone that can in there. Dads, dads and partners showing up to the delivery room need to be there to work. This isn't time to play PlayStation or to sleep or to catch up on things that you would prefer to be doing. You are there to work as well. This isn't just a woman's job in this in this portion. I like to tell people that postpartum depression starts prior to the baby coming into the world because there are factors that will put your body into a, a irreversible stress. Um, that prompts the body into these depressive stages in postpartum. And for a lot of women, it is the delivery period. So this is highly important. Now, most of us in today's society have adapted the idea of a birth plan because we want to be able to tell a hospital staff exactly um, what we want in the event of. And that piece of paper is, is well and good. And most facilities really take it seriously. But do you have a postpartum plan? Because it's just as important. It's just as important when you are suffering with mental health decline for your family and loved ones to know prior to the time what is going to help pull you out of that. Do you need to go and get ice cream? Does that make you happy? Do you like listening to Bob Marley? Does that make you happy? Does a good, good girlfriend coming over really help lift your mood? Is that important? What foods do you need that make you happy? What environment do you need? And if it's too far gone, have you identified which medical professionals you would like to see to talk about your postpartum depression? Does your family know that before you're going in? Because if they don't, they do. They need to. And I think these are the things that we need to start making so normal that it, without a second thought, it's what we're doing. We've normalized birth plans, but now we have work to do. And that work is normalizing support persons. That work is normalizing postpartum planning, okay? And it can be done. It can be done very effortlessly when you plan ahead. The same work that you're putting into the birth plan to make sure the doctors understand has to be equally the same work you're putting into the postpartum plan so that your support, your village, understands how to take care of you while you take care of the baby. Okay, so that would be my advice. And what fabulous advice. So as we're wrapping up, what's on the horizon for Moo? Oh my goodness, Moo is doing some incredible things. We have a really cool project that's coming and we're only talking about it coming you know we're not talking about what it is yet but i want you guys to stay tuned um you can keep in you can keep track of that project uh via instagram at motherosity 
So take a look of, at, at motherosity. It's it's the at symbol, um, mother, M-O-T-H-E-R, osity, O-C-I-T-Y. Follow us there for updates on our new project. I think you'll be happy to see that. As far as Moo on the product side, we have some new things coming this year that we're really excited about. Um, we're always trying to introduce new things to our range and expand knowledge of um, different items that help different stages of your postpartum. We always wanna be considerate of every area of that journey and what is needed to get you into the next journey. Ultimately, our goal is always to help moms feel like yourself again, because that is what MOVE stands for. Mom's official objective, I promise you can ask a million of them, Somewhere about the conversation, they're all going to say, I want to just feel like me again. And that's exactly what our postpartum range is for, is to help you to reach that goal. So we are doing quite a few things, but we're excited about them, and we're glad to have you guys supporting us. Well, I am thrilled that you came by to share this on Word of Mom Radio because we are your demographic. Yeah. You know, our audience are new moms starting out moms. One of our interviews today, who um, Angelina has a Angie showroom, handmade lingerie. She's 38 weeks pregnant. Yeah. You know? And so it's things like that. Just women start with why yeah. we always do. And the fact that you were underserved has led you to create amazing things, Lydia. Thank you. For yourself and for so many other women and I really, I applaud you. I'm really proud of you. The mom in me is coming out. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. So you can find, it's everymoo.com. Everymoo.com. All of Lydia's links will be live on our show page and at wordofmomradio.com. Share this with the moms out there. Share this with those new moms. Share this with the moms that are pregnant now or thinking about getting pregnant because we're giving life and the life that we're giving, you are exactly right. It does not mind taking every bit of nutritional support from you. And if you're not replenishing that nutritional support, the baby doesn't care. That's right. <laughs> it will suck it out of your bones. Literally That's every right. hair follicle, your hair will fall out because the baby has taken all the nutritional support out of it yeah. because they need it. So I, I really do, Lydia. I applaud you for what you are doing. Thank you so much. And as Moo grows, come back, share new products, share new services. As everything launches, we want to know. Thank so, you. Oh, my pleasure. And yes. for all of you tuning in, thank you. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true. She is true.